0: You're listening to the You Mentor talk show, now available on the Umoja app. Uh, I'm your host, Imran Daramsi. And on this weekly talk show, we invite professionals and teenagers to take us through their journeys and give us advice. Um, and remember, if you have any questions for the panelists, you can always leave them in the live comments uh, in YouTube, and we will get to them during the show. Um, and before we start, we wanted to mention a bit about the Inspire platform. Uh, This platform is a question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. So as a rising professional, you can ask for great advice from professionals in our community. And as a mentor, you can give advice to our community's future professionals, um, as well as students who are younger than you. That is available via the Umoja app uh, on Android and iOS. And one quick note before we begin, um, we are able to share stories of inspiring professionals, students, and community organizations only because of the generous support of viewers and listeners like you. So please consider supporting the Umentor Talk Show uh, at umojareach.org slash donate or through the Umoja app. Um, every little bit goes a long way in opening career doors for our youth and connecting our communities. Thank you very much for your support. Today's speaker is Hidaya Nawi. Uh, she is a speaker, writer and activist whose work predominantly focuses on issues of race, gender, religion and disability advocacy. Uh, her work has the overarching theme of God-centered social justice. Um, and uh, in terms of her uh, professional and education, educational front, after spending two years pursuing pre-medical studies at Montgomery College, uh, Hidayah decided that she no longer wanted to pursue medicine uh, and became a pharmacy technician. Uh, now she is an aspiring attorney and is working through the transfer process to finish her undergraduate degree. So I know that was a long intro, but let's bring in Sister Hidayah. Assalamu alaykum, Sister Hidayah. Thank you so much for joining oh, us. Wa
1: alaykum wa rahmatullah. Thank you for having me. That was such a glowing of introduction. Of course. <laughs> <Thank you.
0: laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I know, you know, I just gave uh, that introduction, but if you could please, in your own words, uh, introduce yourself um, and talk about some of your work in terms of activism, um, and I guess where that comes from, and also your um, current educational uh, path.
1: Yeah, so assalamu alaikum everybody. I'm so excited about this. Um, hopefully it's of benefit to the viewers and listeners. Um, my name is Hidayah Nawi. I am a writer, a speaker, and an activist, even though I'm kind of, you know, um, in a lot of circles, reluctant to use that term. Um, but yeah, so writer, speaker, activist whose work focuses, as Imran says, on God-centricity, right? Because I think activism is one of those spaces where it's very easy to just kind of forget about God and 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 do what we want. Um, and, you know, my definition of activism is anything that is God centric, no matter how small mm-hmm. that you can sustain in order to benefit your self, your community and also globally as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, I <laughs> I started out um, pre-med because, you know, I'm an immigrant child and that's what we do. Um, and like very quickly I was like, okay, this is not it. Um, Mm -hmm, and, and so after that, you know, people were like, Oh, what about pharmacy? And I was like, okay. Right. So I got a job in a pharmacy and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: hated that too. Right. Because I mean, pharmacy is Dr. Light essentially, sorry to all the pharmacists out there, but essentially (laughs) like it's the same thing, um, just different, um, (laughs) slightly. So didn't like that either. But I mean, throughout all of this, the, the one thing that I always knew I wanted to do was um, work that focused on social justice and, and activism. And so it was kind of natural that I would gravitate towards um, being an attorney. And in the last, I, I wanna say like 10, over 10 years, since way mm-hmm. before I finished high school, I knew I wanted to be an attorney and this whole journey has been a journey of, of coming back to that. But yeah, my, my I think, you know, in terms of activism, someone I was talking to recently, a friend of mine, summed it up best. He said, my whole job is, try, is to try to get people to care, um, yeah. which is right. true, right? Um, we mm-hmm. often do not see things outside of our own points of reference. Um, and I am a woman, I am black, I am, you know, Muslim, Shia, I wear hijab. Um, and on top of that, like, I have a disability. And obviously, you can find people who fit into um, one of those categories, two of those categories, three of those categories. Um, but, you know, even in my own life, it's very hard to find someone who fits all of those things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whatever space that I am in, it becomes a thing of how can I use my privilege in this space to make people aware of things that they're not aware of, right? Like if you're super rich, you probably don't know that there are people in your community who are starving, right? And if that doesn't affect you, like you don't have a reason to care, right? Until someone kind of puts it in your face. And a lot of times I seem to be that someone, (laughs) yeah.
0: Okay, um, I want to definitely uh, go into like your education in the second half. But for the first half, I want to focus on your activism work. Um, and I find it really interesting that you mentioned you try to keep the activism that, that you, you know, engage in uh, God centric. So could you talk for a few minutes about why, why is that so important? And how do you keep up that intention uh, to make it about God and not about yourself?
1: Um, I, I, I want to highlight. Question, yeah, it is. Um, I yeah. want to highlight first of all that it's very hard to do. Right. Let's okay. mm-hmm. let's just get that kind of out of the way. I'll give you an example. Um, I obviously I'm not going to say where, but I was contacted to do something. Um, mm-hmm. with some people, right? And immediately sure. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this, right? No, absolutely not. And the, the question is why, right? Nobody asked me this question. I was asking myself this question, why? Mm-hmm. And the answer was the person in charge of this, um, let's just say their values and mine do not mesh at all. Um, okay. And so mm-hmm. my instinctual response was to say no, but I had to rethink that because it was like, okay, I am saying no, mostly because I don't like this person right which is not enough of mm. a reason and what if i'm mm. meant to go on and talk and uh, about this and change their mind or one person's mm. mind who's listening right so and actually like a lot of people were like really like you're doing this really you know <laughs> and it was surprising right but i had to come to the point where i was like i'm going to do this um because out of everybody in the world, I was called to do this. And there's a reason um, for that. And I can't just say no to things because I don't, you know, I don't like people or I don't agree with them. And I think it's important to sit in spaces where you disagree with people because that's how you grow. Um, so so I did do it, but yeah, it's extremely difficult to consistently mm-hmm. renew your intention um, where this is concerned, but it's it's an everyday practice. And for me, it comes down to like, how can I constantly focus on this, right? How can I constantly bring the imam into everything that I do so that any, Mm -hmm. like anyone who wants to, you know, call me to do something, I first and foremost, I'm like, okay, how does this, how does this further, you know, my, growth goals in terms of my spirituality that's the number one question right and if my goal is service then it cannot be i want my name on this just because i want my name on it right it has to be mm-hmm. this is what i do the this tiny 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 thing that i do in order to serve the imam that has to be number one for me um, at any point and so yeah it's it's extremely difficult to do and it's a daily practice for me and I'll say like sometimes you get it wrong um, I'm not perfect by any means um, sometimes I do get it wrong but when you do get it wrong it's about coming back to yourself um, and to to God in this
0: way so This is something that we had talked about in the pre-interview, but we we said, like, um, at least what I've noticed from what you were talking about is, like, your power in raising awareness about issues comes from people trusting that you're not going to... Like, you're not doing it because it's about you. You're doing it because it's about the issues. Um, So maybe if you want to speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I... (sighs) It's going to sound really weird to say, but a lot of times when people ask me questions and I give answers to like, well, you're saying this because of this privilege that you enjoy in the community. Right. Or, for instance, like when I talk about anti-blackness in our communities, people are like, well, we love you. Right. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) We can't we can't be racist. You know, look at all of these (laughs) platforms that you are on and um, all of these things that you're doing. And the thing is, it's not about how people treat me. It's never going to be about how people treat me. Yes, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, I'm extremely privileged if what we're comparing it to is um, other Black women in our communities. If that's what we're comparing, um, yeah, I'm usually the most privileged Black woman in the space, but it's not about me. It's not about how you treat me because you know that I'm on this platform or that I'm related to this person or that person. It's about how do you treat a Black woman, for example, who walks into your space that you do not know, right? The goal is to treat everyone like you you treat me, to love everyone like you love me, right? So yeah, a lot of of people make it about me, I'm like, no, 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 this is not, and and also I want to say, like, it's not personal right? Because a lot of people also take Mm -hmm. this very, very personally when you talk about certain things. If I say, you know, as a Muslim community, we need to do better with um, anti-Blackness, people are like, oh oh my God, she called the entire Shia world racist. And oh my God, you know, and that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not what I'm saying. Yes, some communities have have come an extremely long way. And it's important to celebrate that. But we also cannot get complacent right? If you have one black friend, that's not progress. You know, like, I mean, it is, it is. (laughs) But it's no reason to get complacent. Right. Hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, like, using your one black friend as the reason you're not racist is racist. (laughs) You know, like, um, so, 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 yeah, it's, it's not it's, honestly, and I say this, um, sincerely, It's never about me. I'm not talking Mm -hmm. about how people treat me necessarily, unless we're talking about when I walk into spaces where people do not know who I am, right? Because that's happened too. I don't pretend to like, oh, I know the entire Shia world. And so, you know, anywhere I walk in, I I enjoy these kinds of privilege. That's not true at all. There are a lot of, you know, there are a lot more people who have no idea who I am than there are people who who do know who I am. And so if I walk into... Randomly into a Shia center anywhere on earth, what is that going to look like? Right? And if it's not the example that I give is like we talk about how much we love everyone, and we all sing kumbaya Mm -hmm. in the Muslim community. If Bilal walked into your center right now and you did not know who he was, how would you treat him? Right? Because that's what we say: like the prophet loved Bilal and Bilal was black, right? So whatever, like we can't be racist because that's the sunnah we're following, right? But if Bilal was to walk into your center today, how would you treat him? And if you cannot enthusiastically and categorically say that he's not going to experience any kind of discrimination or racism, then we have work to do.
0: Mm Yeah. Um, I want to touch more on that point, actually. Like, what are some of the overarching themes of your activism um you touched on them i know but if you can maybe elaborate for a few minutes um on that because i find that very fascinating that you you care about so many issues and yeah. that, that all like stem from your position
1: yeah um i mean as i alluded to obviously like i care about anti-blackness in our communities mm-hmm. um i care about poverty eradication in our communities Um, That's a huge one because I'm around a lot of extremely privileged people, um, financially speaking, and so it's very easy for them to think like, oh, I'm financially privileged, so everyone must be financially privileged, Um, and Mm -hmm. that's not the case at all. Um, I'm passionate about mental health um, and access and resource and destigmatization um, of that, I see a lot of it in, in our Muslim community, and there is there there should be no room for it at all, right? Because if we're gonna say Islam is a holistic way of life, um, then we have to live that. You know, we we have to get to the point where we're not calling anyone who is seeking help, uh, you know, crazy or any of those other kinds of terminologies mm. that we use. Um, but, but, but yeah, I think that those two things are, um, we, we often either like don't think about them or when we do, it's like, oh, it's never going to affect me, right? I'm never going to be poor. I'm a neurosurgeon, right? Like I'm never, you know, going to be poor. I have 16 PhDs, right? So, (laughs) um, but, but it, it can happen to you, right? And even if it doesn't, like the whole point of Islam is, oh, well, I should say a, a major point of Islam. I, I don't like to put Islam in one category and say Islam is all this or all that, but a major component of Islam is community, right? The Imam that we're waiting for, one of the things that he's going to establish is community, right? Um, it's why we have hadiths that say things like you'll be able to, um, you know, like reach into your your brother's pocket and pick out what you want and put the wallet back. Right. Um, it's why we say like, by the way, like try that now, you know, like not even <laughs> with, not, not even with um, me, like someone you don't know. I want you to try it with like your mom or your brother or your father. Like, we, we can't do that. Right. We're not even to that point yet with in our own family um a lot of the times much less like in a global community right so this is extremely important and so if we are saying that we are waiting for an imam this is what active into active waiting is going to have to look like we need to lay the groundwork for that right now um and also Mm. like mental health is 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 a huge thing in our communities right because I mean, living in the West is extremely stressful. Nine to five right. is extremely stressful. Being a student mm-hmm. is extremely stressful, right? And exhausting. And so if someone is is saying, like, I want to go seek help, then we should facilitate that. And it's part of why I'm, I'm such a huge advocate for people doing very different things with their lives because it takes all kinds right as you can yeah. see like i'm not the greatest interior decorator everything is white i i don't i don't mm, know we're
0: talking talk about that about, <laughs> me neither <right? laughs> you know? right. like i
1: have no idea um so we need people who are, have this talent um mm-hmm. and and yeah and also like i'm one of those people that believes everyone should be in therapy regardless of whether you're happy or unhappy i see it as if you are unhappy you need to be in therapy in order to ensure that you have help in fixing that. But if you're very happy, you need to go to therapy to figure out how to stay that way, you know? So yeah, we should all be in therapy.
0: Um, let's, I wanna, cause you, you uh, just brought up a really important point, which is that um, like, it's so valuable to have people who have different skill sets in our community. Uh, and of course there's value to lawyer, doctor, engineer. But aside from that, um, we need everyone. <laughs> we need all sorts of people. Um, so can you talk about like your educational journey specifically? Cause I know, um, you, you were in pre-med and then you decided that, um, it wasn't for you. So can you talk about like yeah. that process of switching?
1: Yeah. I mean, pre-med is something that was, I want to say like decided for me, right. Um, it was never, it was, I, I, ha- I had, and still do have an immense respect for medicine, but I never really thought that it was for me. Um, and this is something I want to touch on too, because as, as young people especially, we aren't taught to kind of follow what you're passionate about and do that, right? And I think it comes from the fact that um, a lot of our parents come here from other countries, and why do they come here? They come here for a better life, right? And mm-hmm. so, better life in in our terminologies looks like getting a job that is going to be able to sustain you and your family. And a lot of times, those the jobs that they're kind of trying to push us into, they're high paying jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 so it was like, okay. Doctor, like we we need a doctor in the family. <laughs> um, a doctor is very, you know, uh, well paid. I would dispute that point, but that's another talk show. Um, but 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 yeah, there, there's this idea that you know doctors make a lot of money, and it's it's a very right. like prestigious um, thing to be in the community. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of like. And how about super-
0: like pushing, like pushing against that must have been really really difficult. Um, yeah. You know.
1: It was, yeah, it it mm-hmm. was. Um, and, um, I'm trying to talk about this without like throwing my entire family under the bus, but, um, but but yeah, pushing against it was extremely difficult. But it came down to I have a vision for what
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think my life um, should look like, um, mm-hmm. and I I believe in using whatever talents we have to best serve the imam, right? Whatever talent you have, whatever comes to you naturally, that's probably where you should be, right? In terms of um service, right? And so for me, it was this. It was social justice. It was, you know, caring about this and and trying to become an attorney. It was never medicine. Not that that's bad right mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, it was an extremely difficult decision to make because I had to come to terms with the fact that people are not always going to be able to see the vision that you have for your life and you know it's extremely difficult right. because sometimes that's your family that you're talking about mm. right your family doesn't see it. and in no way am I suggesting like don't listen to your parents and your family members. that's not what I'm saying at all, but I'm saying that at a certain point like, I felt extremely strongly that this was what I was meant to be doing. Um, And the fact that no one else could see that, first of all, I I personally think that it was born of the fear of, like, what if I don't make, you know, enough money, or what if I don't Mm -hmm. get a job? And this is a really saturated field and, and all of that. But yeah, it's, I had to be okay with that. And trust that even if they don't see my vision now, inshallah, when everything is said and done, like you'll see why I chose this instead of that.
0: That's a really nuanced uh, message. And it's, it's of course, it's one that often comes up in this show. Um, an- another piece of that, I think, is that not everybody has that perfect linear path, like go to school, get a job. And so yeah. I think, you know, and it's obviously not just you. It's many people who come on this show. Um, but I want to ask you specifically, in between those starts and stops and changing your 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 path and deciding what you wanted to pursue, how do you muster that courage to start again? And, like, I guess, pers- could keep pursuing uh, becoming an attorney despite all the obstacles?
1: Yeah, Um full transparency that was hard too <laughs> right yeah um, of course <laughs> that, that that was hard too um i think one of the things is alhamdulillah like i have an amazing support system right i mm-hmm. have always been very lucky um in terms of like you know um my friends are extremely supportive people that i've talked to people that have met me um have have been extremely supportive in terms of like if you need this I'm happy to help and you know now I have an incredible applications advisor who's extremely mm-hmm. helpful and 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 patient and right. kind and so I highly recommend um, <laughs> getting you know and and an advisor and a and a support yeah, system right. because it's extremely difficult you know to be able to do this on my own and also. It was important because I needed, in terms of my application advisor, I didn't even know I needed this until I actually started doing it. I needed someone who didn't know anything about how traumatic this has been for me, right? And so when I ask a question, you, you know, this person doesn't have this kind of like, oh, you've been trying to do this for 10 years and everything that comes with that right so their answers to my questions are not from that perspective and mm-hmm. because i am it's ex- it's extremely helpful to have someone who's able to get me out of my own head and right. say like okay what why do you want to do this right outside mm-hmm. of like yes okay you've been trying to do this for 10 years but like why and it's not coming from a place of like, okay, maybe you're not meant for this or anything like that. But yeah, having a, a great support system, a great accountability mm. partner, if you do not have one, mm. please find one, <laughs> okay, because it <laughs> makes your job so much, um, so much easier. Um, and also like just having frank conversations with the people who don't necessarily see your vision is also extremely important, right? I had to tell... Um, my family members and all of these people who are saying, like, become a doctor, I'm like, look, I'm disabled, right? Like, I have a, and my disability is not subtle, you know, I have a physical disability. I physically, like, if I had an immense passion for medicine, I would do it, right? But because I don't, at least not in the way that they want me to, and that coupled with the disability that I have, it's not worth it. Right. Hmm. I even considered like maybe I can find like a farm D J D program and do both at the same time. And no, <laughs> you know, that that's a lot <laughs> to to do for something I already know. Like if I do have a farm DJD, I'm not gonna use the farm So what's the okay. point of, you know, yeah. trying? To, yeah. So, so yeah, get an accountability partner if you do not have one. Surround yourself with people who are able to see the vision. If it's at the point where people can talk to your family and say, well, look, like just trust this, even if you can't see it. Um, then yeah, it's important to get those people to to speak on your mm-hmm. behalf whenever possible. But yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. That's some really good advice, I think. Um. So unfortunately, we're almost out of time, but I want to squeeze in two, two, two last questions. Um, uh, and one of them, the first one is uh, you're uh, like one of the first uh, transfer students or like two be transfer students that we've had on the show. So could you um, shed some light on the transfer application process? Um, maybe, you know, your, your biggest tips or a, a rough outline of how the process is or who it's for. Yeah, uh, it's I up mean, to you, whichever, whatever you think <laughs> will be, you know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I think that it's, it's important to say that I'm still learning the process myself. Um, sure, this yeah. is, this mm-hmm. is why I'm saying it's so important to find someone who knows more than me um, mm-hmm. on this and is able to help me in all of this. But um, the, the biggest thing that I'll say is that... Um, if you are freaking out about something, you're probably thinking too hard about it. So it's important to get to get out of your own head. Um, I, I remember even yesterday I was talking to someone and I was like, "Yeah, one of the common app questions is how did you overcome an obstacle in your life?" and I don't know what to write. And the person laughed at me um, <laughs> because if you if you know anything about my journey in the last um, about ten years or so, like you. It's all been one giant obstacle, right? It's about which episode of the soap opera am I going to write about um, today? So yeah, like really just relax, right? Relax. Um, if you do have an accountability partner, um, talk to them. Ensure that they are able to give you um honest feedback and just, you know, like my biggest obstacle right now, like I just mentioned is like the personal statements. I've also had right. um, an incredible time getting like my school to respond to certain things and get them to other schools. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just the accountability partner, honestly, someone who is kind okay. and urgent. yeah. that's
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That is really important. Um, like going through the application process. Yeah um so this went by really quickly (laughs) but um (laughs) what is your (laughs) what is your final piece of advice uh for our listeners um though the if they let's say they take away nothing else from this interview which i hope they take away much more than nothing else but what is the Mm -hmm. one thing that you would want them to to walk away with
1: the one thing that i i will say is that a lot of you guys are young and trying to pick and you know figure out where exactly you want to go uh, with your life, I will say that continue um, or start if you haven't um, to keep the Imam as a central part of everything that you do. Um, because at the end of the day, like we're we're waiting for him, and a huge part of waiting is ensuring that we set the stage and the groundwork for the work that he's going to come do. Um, that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's the one thing I will say. And also, if you haven't already find your small thing that you can do sustainably to better yourself and your community and the world.
0: Okay, that's amazing. Um, Thank you so much again for for joining us and for all your amazing (laughs) advice. Um, Thank
1: you for having me. Of course. (laughs) This went by really Uh, fast.
0: (laughs) It did. I was surprised, honestly. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. All right, thank you. Um and thank you everyone for tuning in uh, to the Umetra Talk Show. Uh, tune in to the show uh, next week, Saturday at three PM, uh, for another uh, interview. Um, and just one more time, if you enjoyed the show today, please consider supporting us at umojari.org donate or through the Umoja app. Again, every little bit goes a long way. Um, Thank you so much for that. Uh, Remember, you can always catch our previous episodes not only on YouTube as video replays, but also uh, as podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Moja Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.